Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 240 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into the episode after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Forum is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? 
Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Well, we've made it. This week, we wrapped up the fifth and final season of HBO's Insecure, and boy, did they wrap it up. So, of course, Dr. Oreo Wo is back with us this week to chat all about it. If you've missed her here before, she's an author, international speaker, and certified sex and relationship therapist in the Washington, D.C. metro area. She's the owner of Anod Wright and specializes in working with Black women on issues related to colorism and texturism and its impacts on mental and sexual health. She's also the author of Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease, A Self-Love Journey Through Hair and Skin. Dr. Oreo and I chatted about how each character's storyline was wrapped up, our personal takeaways from the journey that has been insecure, and our thoughts on what it might inspire in your own life. This episode does contain spoilers. As always, we love hearing your thoughts about the show. Shout out to Dr. Michelle Patrice and at the Maroon V on Twitter and at just sharing on Instagram for letting us know you were anxiously awaiting the recap this week. You knew it was coming. Thank y'all so much for listening. And let us know your thoughts about the finale. Make sure to use the hashtag TBG in session on social media so that we can join the conversation. Here's our conversation. So we have finally come to the series finale of Insecure. Although oh. we've come. <laughs> I know. I feel like we sung it prematurely a couple weeks ago. Because now it really is the end and it feels so, so sad. I'm in a happy, sad place. Mm-hmm. I'm also excited to see what Issa Rae will do moving forward so before we jump too far into all of what has unfolded in the past like 24 (laughs) hours not even 24 hours right because we are recording the morning after so insecure originally premiered on october 9 2016 which i had not remembered so that's the day before my birthday and so i didn't remember insecure pairing like that closely to my birthday but it feels very celebratory now that (laughs) that i go back and know that yeah it's very fitting (laughs) very Very fitting fitting. right and so i October 2016. And so if you think about like where your life was and what was going on then, what was happening for you in October 2016? Do you even remember? 2016, that year I graduated with my PhD. Ah. I started a nod right that same year. Okay. I started it in June, as a matter of fact. I'm just, wow. Right? I mean, 2016, it was both a minute ago and not that long ago. Not that long ago, right. Because I'm just like, oh, I bought my house in 2016. I did a lot of things in 2016. That is so cool. Yeah, so I had been married for, what, almost four years at that point, and then I had a three-year-old and an almost six-month-old at that point. And so, you know, just even thinking about, like, the trajectory your life has taken (laughs) since the beginning of Insecure, it feels like a really cool way to kind of mark this time period in your life. Because I think for both of us, there has been just, like, tremendous personal and professional growth in the same time we have watched Insecure start and finish. True. In 2016, I didn't even know you. I know, right? It it just feels like, wow, like so much was happening and insecure in very weird and beautiful ways brought so many things together. Absolutely. And it's funny because it's like looking at the trajectory of like 
the characters of where Issa started working for We Got Y'all, right? Mm-hmm. To working for herself. I'm like, ooh, that's my trajectory. I went from working for somebody to not working for nobody but me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, wow, look at that. Right. Through the years, how much change and growth can actually happen, but also has me thinking about how much change and growth we often dismiss because we don't take reflective moments like this. Mm, such a good point, right? I mean, and it feels very fitting that we are also like wrapping up 2021 and heading into 2022. And that is, I think, the time when a lot of people are reflective, like, oh, let me kind of do some reflection over the year. But it would be mm-hmm. good, I think, to take those pauses more often. Yeah. So, you know, I have been feeling very reflective just about like the trajectory of Insecure, like with the podcast. I was trying to think like when did we even come up with the idea to start doing the recap so regularly so we started the first I mean you have been on the podcast several times related to insecure and unrelated to insecure (laughs) but you know the first time we started doing the recaps was with the season four premiere which premiered in April 2020 and so I know for me that was like the height of the pandemic right and so In a lot of ways, it felt like Insecure gave us a break. It gave us something like joyful and like fun to kind of focus on with the backdrop of the pandemic kind of unfolding. And, you know, to me, it is not surprising that we did it really starting with season four, because, of course, season four was all about Issa and Molly's relationship more heavily. Right. You know, and just kind of given both of our focus. Right. And I'm deep into writing about sisterhood right now. And so it feels very fitting that that was where there was a lot of energy, right? Let's talk about the breakdown and what's happening in this sisterhood. Because I think a lot of people just really, really related to that. And that was something that I don't think we had seen fleshed out so beautifully on any other show is like just the love between sisters, right? Like what happens when a friendship is not going so well and how do we get it back on the tracks and how does this even happen? And the fallout that can happen right again I think we see lots of depictions of like romantic breakups and family stuff but we don't often see what happens when you fall out with your girl right like and how like that can really turn your world upside down yeah how do you get back on track yeah Yeah. and it's funny because it had me thinking about these other shows that I've watched particularly Grey's Anatomy Mm. and how the real love story for me was never about Meredith and Derek, it was always Christina and Meredith. And the same thing here. It's like, yeah, there's this focus on whether or not Issa's going to be with Lawrence or, or Nathan or all that stuff. All that was always ancillary. Mm-hmm. The relationship was always Molly and Issa. It was always about them. And I think that we got caught up in a lot of ways in the world outside of them. And, you know, with season four being the culmination of, okay, shit is definitely gone awry, I feel Mm -hmm. like that helped us to refocus as well. And I think that we needed to refocus. Well, well, listen, how were you feeling leading up to the actual premiere of the finale last night? You know, it was surreal because in my mind, it was not. (laughs) What do you mean? It just wasn't. It's just like, it was not the finale for me. Mm -hmm. I was just like, nope. Mm-hmm. we're not done you're in a little <laughs> in bit of mind, a denial like, we're not done so I was like oh I'm looking forward to Sunday next and right. I'm like oh well I guess it hasn't hit me yet mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's over like I'm not gonna be staying up because you know I have to stay up you know <laughs> right to- you know I, I frequently <laughs> have to text you like hey girl listen don't go to sleep before insecure comes on tonight <laughs> 
as you know, I'd be in the bed, I'd be in the bed and completely forget, be like, oh, dang, I forgot. <laughs> but like, it's weird because mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, it's not over, but it's over. But it's over. It's over. Sis. Yeah, yeah, I think that the characters have felt so real. You know, like, I think people have these kinds of like, relationships with their favorite shows right but I feel like Insecure created a world that made the characters feel so real that we felt very connected to like oh let's catch up and see what's happening with them on Sunday night right and so to not have that I think is a very surreal kind of weird experience I found myself kind of teary on and off yesterday I mean was like girl what is going on that part hit me today when I rewatched it mm. I was just like oh okay because I got through the entire episode not a tear in eye really because today is the day that I was like oh it's not coming back mm-hmm. the show is over mm-hmm. and mm. I was having all the emotions suddenly all at once yeah Yeah, and I think it may be important to kind of talk a little bit more about that, you know, because in June when they were like shooting the finale, I remember them doing a lot of sharing on social around saying goodbye to one another. And I thought that that was so impressive and so important because I don't think that we typically see that. Like we don't typically see the effort of saying goodbye to a thing or a person. And so it felt very cool that they were like sharing that. Well, one, that they were doing it with one another, but also sharing it with us. And now I know that a lot of that was also because they were like making a documentary out of the final season, right? About like what it was like to wrap up the show. But, you know, I think it is important around like just saying goodbyes. We've talked about that on the podcast before, right? Like how we just don't have a lot of practice saying goodbyes and we would typically like to just rush past them, right? Because it's uncomfortable. It's it's uncomfortable. It brings up a lot of feelings that we don't quite know what to do with. And so I feel like this in some ways is really giving people an opportunity to like formally say goodbye to a thing where they may not typically choose to go that route. Yeah. We don't have the practice and it's almost like we make it seem as though it's sort of unimportant. Like we're all about the move forward, move forward, move forward. But we forget that in moving forward and in making choices, you say yes to something and you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And that you get to grieve that you're saying no to this other thing. You get to acknowledge that that thing is changing and it's sad and you get to be sad. That's a transition point. Yes. Yes, You've achieved and you're happy and you're moving forward and you can be sad at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I am both happy and sad that Insecure is over. I'm happy in that we mm-hmm. loved it for what it was, for what it gave, for how we felt, how it felt connected to us. And we get to grieve that because we love it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want people not to feel like it's silly to be sad, right? Because, you know, just because they are fictional characters doesn't mean that it didn't spark something very real for you, right? Or that it made you think Absolutely. about things or brought you joy or, you know, whatever you may have needed in that moment. So, you know, if you're feeling kind of like, oh, gosh, why am I sad or whatever, it's because there was something real that was created by Issa and the team kind of giving this to us every week. So there's nothing to be ashamed about if you're feeling a little sad or grieving the ending of something that may have been important to you. Yeah. So the title of the finale was Everything Gonna Be Okay. And so I feel like that has multiple different meanings, right? You know, so everything Mm -hmm. gonna be like, it is what it is. Like life will life despite like our attempts to control, but also everything will be okay. Right. Like like in the end, it will all be okay. What were your thoughts about the title? I felt like the title was very fitting Mm -hmm. because and I was feeling that that everything will be 
it will be. Everything is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And the okay part, I think that, okay, it ends up being up to you. And I feel like that's what we got in the, what was it like the, maybe the second anniversary of things. So like the second birthday mm, after the Molly's second, second round of birthdays. <laughs> yeah. So when Issa was in the office space and Lawrence came through mm-hmm. and it was just like, I had to believe that it would work for it to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. So it'll be okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> so for me, this speaks to that part around like number one, they're no longer really insecure. They are secure in themselves. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be secure in the stuff around you. Mm-hmm. You just need to be secure in you. Know who you are. Know what you're capable of. Believe in your abilities and believe that you are able to grow, that mm-hmm. you're able to grow and change and that you're great as you are and you will continue to do well. And that in your belief in you, yes, there are circumstances that are outside of your control, but in the end of the day, it's about what you can do, that you do what you can, and the rest is up to the people who are interacting with you and to the circumstances of the life that you're in. So yes, things will be okay because you did what you could do. Whether or not other people accept it, see it, praise it, whatever, that's on them, but you do you. So, you know, last time we talked, we titled the episode Decisions, Decisions, right? Because it felt like Issa had a lot of decisions she was going to make, right? You know, so Lawrence has now told her, I'm still in love with you, basically. I don't feel like my life is happy. And Nathan rolls up like, hey, what's going on here? And so this episode picked up at that point, right? We see that he has now driven her home and, you know, is kind of feeling like, okay, I just don't think that this is something for me. And so I think I thought we were going to have more time for her to make a decision between Nathan and Lawrence when clearly Nathan opted out right like he was just like you know what this is not good for me anymore and that shit is so daggone true I'm mm. looking like yes you get decisions decisions but so do other people right right and he was just like he like well Issa's over here trying to make choices and that's good Issa gets to do that but so does Nathan and Nathan chose not. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I love that for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For him to be like, yo, like, I feel like what he was saying or what I interpreted is that he hopped all the way out his character and that he did not like that for himself mm-hmm. and that it did not feel good for himself and that he realized that he can't do this like this. Like what he say, this stuff is toxic to me. Right. And I'm just like, yo, we know that he is non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. He tends to keep a lot of things in and let it get to some other head before he <laughs> say anything about it. And he's just like, look, this didn't feel good for me. This ain't right for me. And I need to, I need to take a step back. That's mm-hmm. some real shit. And I appreciate that. I do too. But you know, the thing that was concerning for me is that, they had just been looking at apartments together, right? Word. So, like, what and was going to happen? To do it the next day. Yeah, like, what was going <laughs> to happen if, like, that first apartment had been available? And so, in the car, we see him saying, yeah, for a while, this just hasn't quite felt right, you know? And so, I'm imagining, again, you know, we only have 30 minutes with these people, right? But I'm imagining what was happening for him is something that happens for a lot of people, is that he thought maybe going through the motions would, like, overtake that feeling at some point like okay like I'm still feeling a little unsettled but maybe if we move in together maybe if we do this then that will go away when really we see the underlying feeling was that it just didn't feel like a good fit yeah yeah I'm wondering if he was feeling insecure in his relationship with Issa and felt the need to move it forward in those directions Mm, 
something feels amiss and I am going to try everything that I can to make it not feel that way, to make myself feel more secure. I need the title. Mm. I need you to tell me you love me. I need us to move in. I need us to have a kid. I need us to, I don't know, buy a puppy, whatever it is. And sort of how we like try to drive the relationship forward because we feel insecure and we are trying to do the things that make us feel more connected. It sort of reminds me, like I recently finished this book, Come As You Are. And in the book, one of the things that Emily Nagoski talks about is like how people talk about sex is so great with a toxic partner. And Mm. it's like, actually, the sex is so great with the toxic partner because you feel so insecure that this makes you feel more secure. Mm. So your brain is also latching onto that. So it's not even that the sex is great. It's that you feel insecure. So the sex feels great. Right. So in the sex is where you feel affirmed. Exactly. It's it's your attachment point. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was trying to find an attachment point with her. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to ignore it when it's just y'all two. But when... The dude that you've probably been feeling insecure about is sort of in your face and having a conversation that's not the conversation. (laughs) And now he's propositioning your girl like you're not in the same party. Yeah. It's like at that point, it's just like, all right, I can't ignore this anymore because, okay, so I wasn't tripping about feeling this way. It wasn't in my head. It was the real deal. And I think that I wish that more of us felt brave enough to say like, hey, I got this feeling and talk it out with a partner instead of keeping the thing inside because maybe they're feeling it too. Mm-hmm. Maybe they notice it too. Maybe y'all can have a real ass conversation about what it all means. Yes, yes. But so many of us are so worried about rocking the boat that the boat sinks. <laughs> the boat is gone here. The boat sinks. sinks. <laughs> Word. It, it got a big ass hole in the side of the boat. And the hole is there. And you knew that there was a hole or you thought there was a hole. But right. you didn't want to ask them if they thought it was a hole because you didn't want the boat to sink. Well, it sank anyway. The boat sank anyway. Isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> so after she gets out of the course, to me, I feel like I read some sadness in Nathan's face around like Issa not trying to fight. So when he said like, I'm done, you know, sometimes there will be the like, no, can we talk about it? And I think she tried that one time. And then after he was resolute in saying, you know what? I don't think that this is a good idea. She was just like, okay. And walks to her apartment. And I feel like there was some sadness in his face around her, like not fighting for it or not, you know, trying to like convince him. I thought that was something I was saying. Yeah. I'm happy you saw it too. Yeah, I saw it. I definitely, at least I feel like I saw it, right? I don't know if that was a part of what they wanted us to see, but I definitely feel like I registered some of that on his face. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow. Okay, you not going to fight for us, so you must really want to be with this other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you must not be sure about me. Even if you're not sure about him, you're definitely not sure about me. Right. Which, and, you know, I think was accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More from my conversation with Dr. Oreo after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity. 
that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us. Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Many people feel anxious when they think about finances. It can feel overwhelming, stressful, and even hopeless especially when you're first starting out and don't know what to do. But when you have a solid financial plan in place, this anxiety turns into confidence. You can regain a sense of control over your life and improve your self-esteem. How do you build financial confidence? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. 
Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Well, we started off back where, like, the last episode picked up. And so then we see, of course, you know, Issa's in her home. She's sad about everything that has transpired. Then we see her wake up the next morning and Molly is coming over to check on her. I was like, oh, my God, like, how are we going to, like, get to the end? Because now it's feeling like a regular episode. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening here? But then, of course, of course, they have it all figured out, right? Because that's their job. We see her having her mirror conversations and her mirror be- was like super critical right and of course it would be after a night like that right like your self-talk ramps up after like you have some kind of like crazy experience like that but then we see her saying I just want to fast forward to the part of my life when everything is okay. You know, so, I mean, I I thought that that was clever in that it also gives you something to think about, but it was also like the plot device that was going to throw us into this then time travel (laughs) that we were going to have. Honestly, every time I hear that, like, I used to think that that was, you know, like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't you? That's actually the saddest shit that I've ever heard in retrospect. I just want to fast forward to the part of my life where everything is okay. To me, sounds like as a person who was raised by immigrants, so I'm first gen to this country, it sounds like a very American construct Hmm. and very sad. Say more about that. Like we are so interested in getting to the end of something that we never even enjoy the journey that it takes to get there. Like I think about like the points in my life where I've been so focused on getting to the end that I didn't enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just want to get my bachelor's degree. I'm looking like, can you be fully present? If you are looking forward so hard, how can you be fully present? You can only be partially present because you're really just thinking about the future and what mm-hmm. you're going to do with the thing that you get. Instead of enjoying the journey, like, yes, you can have the goal, but how do you make sure that you're present? Enjoy it. Feel the feels of it, the emotional whatever is going to be just to be in that space and stop being in a rush. Yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of this was for Issa, especially in this moment is that, you know, she has had this awful night, right. And and it is on the heels of her having these, I think several weeks and months of not quite feeling like she knew what she wanted to do in her personal life and also her professional life. And so to me, it makes sense that she would be feeling like, I don't want to sit in this like sadness and like pity anymore. Like I really wish I could just fast forward to like when my life is together. Word. Yeah. I like some of it in the terms of being able to see their lives through these glimpses mm-hmm. of celebration. Right. That, you know, that couple months skip forward or however long it was to Molly's birthday. Right. I was actually loving that Molly allowed Issa to throw this party for her, this small gathering. Mm-hmm. And that Tiffany was able to return and to be present for that. And that we got to meet Kelly's boot. Mm-hmm. And it was a space of allowing people to support and celebrate you. Yeah. So after Molly's birthday, then we see Issa's first birthday party, right? And so she has, you know, a surprise birthday party and we see the gang kind of reassembled. Tiffany was not there, right, for Issa's surprise birthday party. But we do see the reappearance of Nathan now at this Mm -hmm. surprise party, right? And so again, we don't know how much time has passed since that night. To me, it felt like 
it had been a significant amount of time right yeah because... significant enough to be like uh dude you you <laughs> you ain't communicated with me at all but you did show up here right right I... so so enough time where you're not like still in your feelings enough to like be like i'm definitely not going to that but also enough time where there has been like this growth and reflection on thinking about like okay what actually happened yeah i think they must have used your workbook <laughs> Yeah, Shout out uh, to the questions that need answers after a breakup workbook. <laughs> that one. Because I feel like they answered some questions. Because I'm yes. like, you know, it's very cute when everyone's like, oh, I just need to talk to them so I can have some closure. Actually, right. what you need is the workbook. <laughs> and then you don't, and then you know you don't actually need to have no conversation with nobody mm-hmm. in order to get that closure. But I like the way that they were able to sort of come together in that moment. And it was just like people come into your life for a reason. And mm-hmm. I hope that you don't have any regrets. And I think that oftentimes we regret the relationships that we've had with people, especially when they've ended, because we have been taught that a relationship ending is a relationship failure. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how to see the celebration in it. Because I'm just like, oh, that is amazing that you broke up. It's great that you got that divorce. It don't feel great right now. But here's the great part. You know that that person is not for you in the direction your life is currently taking, and you have decided to pivot. What is better than that? Mm. What is better than that? You're finished. This thing doesn't fit you. You're finished with it. You're able to let it go in peace and find something that fits you. But no, we are a culture of make that shit fit at all costs. (laughs) And if it don't, something's wrong with you. And I'm talking about from clothes to people. Well, we will hang on to outfits from seven years ago that ain't fit for 10, <laughs> thinking that we're going to bully our body to be back where it was back then. The same way that we try to bully ourselves into being the people that we were back when for people. I'm looking like allow yourself growth and change and level up your wardrobe. Amen. That's all it is. This is a leveling up. It's like, yes, I am hoping you have no regrets. People come into your life for a reason and they also exit when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Yes, the closure comes from you, not from this magical conversation that you're thinking you're going to have with your ex. It, it just, re- I mean, that happens on Lifetime movies, right? But it does not typically happen in real life. <laughs> not in real life. <laughs> so I think at Issa's surprise party is also when we see this like side conversation about when Molly is proposing that Kelly actually joined the firm, right? Like she's had this conversation. Yeah. You know, they're really excited about the idea of an estate planning kind of wing of the firm and so we see we kind of talked about this last episode are we going to see them go into business together at some point and so we see that that is the proposal of that idea the next birthday we have is now tiffany's birthday and so the gang has all assembled in denver at her beautiful home right she's giving them a tour Um, and i I hate it here. You can't forget that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, when she I finally felt comfortable oh. enough to be like, y'all look, I just, this ain't it. I'm, I'm not loving this at all. I think that people don't see that as being vulnerable and it is yeah. to be to like, here's my pretty house mm-hmm. and I hate it here. I hate it. I hate and it. how her husband was just like, yo, my friends ain't visited for mm-hmm. shit. And how she's just like, I ain't got no friends here. His family was excited for all of five minutes and now we've become mundane and yeah, I don't just... have connection here. I don't have friends here. I don't have a job here. And this is not the life that I envisioned for myself. Right. And so, you know, when we fast forward, 
it's still hard to tell like whether they have moved back to LA. I don't think that that yeah. was ever really cleared up. Like a part of me felt like they had, but I don't know for sure because we didn't really kind of revisit where Tiffany's world was again after this birthday scene. Yeah, we didn't. And I wish that we did because it would have been nice to know exactly where they were, especially given the promises that she was making to Kelly about, you know, being there for her Mm -hmm. and her journey. Exactly. Exactly. So while they are at Tiffany's home in Denver, we see that Issa and Molly are in the kitchen having a conversation. Molly is finishing up some work and Issa sees a picture of the the Papa Posse, I think is what their name was, right? Of all the men and their kids. And she looks like longingly, you know, at this picture where Lawrence is pictured. And so Molly then feels like, okay, this is the moment to ask this question. Like, what would you have said that night if Nathan didn't intervene, right? And so Issa is like, you know, I'm not really sure, but I think there's a part of her that kind of knows what she would have said. But then again, I feel like this was part two of Molly's conversation that she had in this last episode around like, if you're honest with yourself, you know what you really want to do and get out of your head and stop worrying about what other people are going to think about the decision and make the decision that you feel like is best for you. Yeah. And I think that she had taken that thing to heart about being wishy-washy. Yes. And it was funny because didn't Nathan also call her sometimey? Yep. Yep. So it's like she is trying so hard to not be that, that she is also not listening to what it is that she's saying that she wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like Molly drops like her therapy wisdom on her and is talking about like how when she was in the space of overthinking, which clearly indicates like that she no longer feels like she does a lot of overthinking, which of course Mm -hmm. is growth. Right. We love to see it. We didn't see Molly in therapy this season, but I think it was alluded to like several times that she was still working with her therapist or at least still had gotten a lot out of that relationship. So even though we didn't see her physically in the office anymore, we still kind of saw some of that therapy piece kind of playing in the background. Word. And I just be wondering, like, people be getting it from the friends that are in therapy. I'm looking like, do you know how much better it would be if you was the friend in right. therapy? Too? Can you only imagine? <laughs> like, this is just secondhand like, information she's sharing. Word. I'm like, get into it. You and your friend got into it. Y'all should get into therapy together. I'm looking yes. like there are therapists that will see you that, yes, you can do friendship based therapy. Come mm-hmm. on. Let's yeah. go. Get yeah. this work. Agreed. And of course, we end, we end that with, you know, the news yeah the news so you know molly and Issa are talking then molly's brother calls and we see she takes the call and she gets this devastating news that it sounds like her mom has passed and so this is the point at which i started bawling in this episode because i thought you know there had been so many conversations around death and then we saw her have the stroke earlier this season but then she recovered Mm -hmm. right and so i thought we had kind of planning yes and i thought we had moved past the idea that somebody was actually going to die this season even though there had been rumblings right and so I felt like oh man right like just knowing you know friends who have gotten that call right and like how it just you can can go from having like this regular mundane conversation one minute to like your world completely falling apart right and so I would have liked to spend more time there because I think the death of a friend's parent also impacts the circle right and I think we see a little bit of that in the future scenes but we didn't get a proper home going for Miss Carol and I really would have liked to see not even a quick zoom something Nothing. We didn't get no like We done zoomed right past it and started talking to Lawrence. I'm like, I don't want to talk to him right now. (laughs) 
Like, we got it. We are in mourning. Yeah. So it felt like it moved very quickly from this news that her mom has now passed to then the next scene we see is Lawrence's birthday. So that was interesting mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, okay, I'm thinking we're just focusing on the, the four friends and marking time with them. But of course, we get Lawrence thrown into here. But again, we don't know how much time has passed since Molly's mom passed to when Lawrence's birthday is. Because I was thinking maybe she was calling to tell him about like Molly's mom passing. But clearly there was no conversation around that. So clearly there's already been a funeral. So again, we have no idea how long it has been since that happens. But Issa is calling Lawrence to say happy birthday. And it feels like there's awkwardness because it's Issa, right? Like, I feel like there's just always going to be some level of that. (laughs) But there wasn't any indication of like, have they spoken since that night? It felt like, okay, we're just catching up with any ex you might call on their birthday if you still want to say happy birthday to them. I was under the impression that they did not speak because it was, you know, how she started the conversation with, I didn't want to let too much time pass. Mm. So I assumed that there Mm. was a lack of speaking or very minimal speaking or, you know, like that sort of pass by text Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was fitting that, you know, while mama is trying to convince Lawrence about being with Condola, that's Mm. the moment he's to call. Right. He like, okay, my mama had to call you back. Yeah. So also we did not see Condola this episode, which I thought was an interesting choice, right? Like, so we see Ja, of course, but we didn't see her at all, but clearly she's still in the background. But that conversation led me to believe that they are in a good place with co-parenting, right? And like, and now his parents are like, okay, are y'all going to get back together? Like what's happening? But it does not seem that Lawrence is interested in that because Issa asks like, oh, can I take you out for your birthday? And we see he already has plans and another gorgeous girl walks in and says, hey, babe, are you ready? Kind of thing, right? Another sister that we mm-hmm. had not seen. So Lawrence has yet a new boo who is going to be taking him out for his birthday. Word. And I'm just like, well, she also hung up before he could say whatever he was going to say. Mm, right. Like, was he so, going to say, like, can we get together tomorrow? Or, you mm-hmm. know, we, we have no clue, like, what was going to happen. Yeah, I was just like, ah. And then she called Molly and it went to voicemail, mm-hmm. which we see a couple times. A couple of times, right? Which was concerning. And so I expected that I would see some kind of pop-up. Because again, we don't know how much time has passed, but we see like Molly. And of course, she's grieving. Who knows like how she's taking care of herself at yeah. this point. But it was concerning that we kept seeing her not there. So after Lawrence's birthday, the next birthday is Kelly's birthday. So Kelly's, you know, gorgeous, first of all, in this green gown. I'm like, where can I get this? This is gorgeous. Oh my gosh, (laughs) looking so queenly. And so she has this announcement at her birthday party that she is also expecting. Right? And I'm like, well, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> we we have not had any indication, I think, around, you know, like what was going on with her and her interest in like having kids. But Issa then shares, oh, this is news. Like, when did I you change you your mind? <laughs> right? When did you change your mind around wanting to have kids? And she goes back to, you know, the Stanford reunion where they had her on the rest in peace list, basically. Yeah. And, you know, talking about <laughs> Just how let that happened. <laughs> how that you know caused her and that's what we've seen much of her from this season is like questioning like her purpose and really kind of wrestling with some things about like whether she's happy with her life what more does she want to do I mean so now we see clearly she has changed her mind about wanting to have kids and so she has chosen to have a baby with her new partner 
And she has now also joined the firm. So we hear her talking about the fact that she is at Molly's firm and taking care of business there. Yeah. I do like the piece around the right to change your mind. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we haven't gotten all the way to the end, but at the same time, I'm like, did everyone need to wrap up with somebody and mm-hmm. or with kids? Interesting. For us to feel like things like had was... closed out well and like they were secured. Mm-hmm. Is that what we needed to see? Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But again, I do like the right to change your mind. Right. And right. that, and that change show. of mind doesn't have to do with, you know, family badgering you about the values of having a kid and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. It seemed like something that she came to on her own that she realized that she wanted to have this person's child. And that's how she came to her choice that way. I mean, I also like the progressiveness of her uh, of her sexual prowess. That she's like, yes, I'm doing the butt stuff too. And I'm just like, all right now. I know that Issa didn't need to know it, but the sex therapist did. The sex therapist was very excited about this this new information. Because, you know, I feel like Kelly be feeding me. Like, yeah. from that Issa's birthday where she was just like, when I had bad sex with a nigga, I glare at him and his <laughs> I want them both to feel shame. I was just like, all right now. Mm. All right now. Oh my gosh, she's so hilarious. Like, yeah. I'm also hoping you're having a conversation about the fact that the sex is bad, but it sounds like she's having good sex and she's exploring her sexuality and that she feels safe enough to do so with the partner that she's with. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm loving all of that for Kelly. Meanwhile, Issa had that sexy man. I was like, excuse me, Nasir. <laughs> so, excuse you know, I saw a lot of people talk about this and I also felt like he was like a Daniel copy, right? And so that yeah. also was surprising to me that it feels like we saw everybody else revisit this season except Daniel. And I think that there are probably some reasons for that, right? Like, we already yeah. got Nathan and Lawrence, right? Do we need to also bring in Daniel, who is who she cheated with, right? Like, but, we but, don't need that much mess. <laughs> right. But Nasir definitely gave me Daniel vibes, you know, so she did get her another gorgeous brother, but it was not Daniel. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that and that sexy ass lingerie set that she was wearing, I was just like, ah, okay. <laughs> but this is also the episode where, or that was also the part where we saw the last of Mirror Bitch, wasn't it? I think so. I think so. That and, was the last conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Lawrence calling when she about to go get some, right? And Mirror Bitch just like. It's never going to work, you dumb bitch. Move on. (laughs) Yeah, and we also see, I think, her again talking about the fact that, like, she's called Molly and hasn't heard from her. So I feel like there were three different occasions where we have, like, where is Molly? Like, what is going on with Molly? And And Molly was not at Kelly's birthday. No, she was not at Kelly's birthday. And so I feel like that is to mark, you know, the grief and like how you just Mm -hmm. fall off and you just, you know, trying to put the pieces together for yourself. But it was concerning that like we didn't really know what was going on. But then we see the next scene is now we are back at Molly's birthday. So now the timeline is coming together, right? Because we now know it is at least a year since 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 Molly's birthday. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So Issa finally gets Molly on the phone. So Molly, we see Molly in her office at the firm and it is her birthday and she's talking about mm-hmm. about the grief, right? Like about how sad it has been and, you know, how difficult it feels that she's going to continue to have birthdays and her mom is not going to be there. You know, so yeah. so sharing some really, I think, real stuff about like what the grieving process looks like and i think too many of us have been sold on this idea of you'll get over it in a couple of months Mm, 
Right. And I'm just like, I mean, there are birthdays and anniversaries where people are present and you expect certain things. And when those things don't happen, yeah, grief. Mm-hmm. You will still miss this person and that that is okay for you to miss that person. Yeah. And I think this is where we see a glimpse of how the grief has impacted their friendship, right? Because clearly it sounds like it's been a minute since they have caught up with one another. And at first I thought, is Issa in a new city? Like, what, what's happening here? That's kind of the vibe it was giving me. But no, it's just, you know, Molly says, like, life is lifing, right? And, and it, it feels yeah. harder, you know, to kind of be intentional about like catching up with your people and like work is happening and I'm grieving and you know relationships and all of this stuff and so they're wanting to make a better effort to like catch up with one another but it does sound like it has been some time since they last chatted yeah because I'm like well she was also saying that she was using work as a as part of her coping method that she was Mm -hmm. able to focus on that and so that she was grieving a little bit differently and that peace around like I like that Issa reminded her that it's okay for her to not be okay yeah, because they started off the conversation with just the celebratory happy birthday. And then mm-hmm. Issa's like, how are you really doing? Right. Which I appreciated. I felt like this entire finale was a lot of like very tender moments between Issa and Molly, which I really, really love going back to the idea that they are the true love story that Insecure is about. Because it yeah. really feels like they have gotten into a really good groove in their friendship now of like, what does the other person need? And like, how can I show up for them? Which I, I was really, really excited to see. Same. And the level of intention that they're putting in there, the effort Mm -hmm. that they were putting in. And seeing that at some point, because life happens, that that means that sometimes one person's effort might change. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they love you less. It means that they may not have the capacity at this time. And I think that a lot of us, we are in a space where we want to throw someone away when they stop having the capacity. Mm, Right. Like everybody, I think, is doing the very best that we can to try to hold it together. So they may not have the same capacity they did at one point in their lives. And so at the end, when we see Molly and Issa talking for her birthday, we do see Kelly pop into the firm door, which indicates like Like, she is clearly there now. She She tells Molly, like, girl, don't worry about it. I can take care of it. You go enjoy your birthday kind of thing. Right. You know, so she is at the firm. And can I just say, I love friends putting friends on. Right. Because I feel like we could get real caught up in this idea of the singular Negro in the white Mm -hmm. space that we won't tell a friend a secret or something that will help them. And I feel like we like to talk a little bit too vague about monetary things. And I wish that we were a lot less vague because the only person that it serves for us to not give numbers is the office that's trying to hire somebody and lowball the hell out of them. Mm. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, yeah. And even though this is a black firm, right? It is still like her giving her girl, like putting her on. Like she was the one, it sounds like, who initiated the conversation. Like, hey, I got this friend who does this thing really well. What if we created an estates division? And we see now Kelly is there. I love that. I love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think a tribute to what Issa has done in her real life, right? Is like put so many people on, which we love. More from my conversation with Dr. Oriolo after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. 
They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in-store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Many people feel anxious when they think about finances. It can feel overwhelming, stressful, and even hopeless, especially when you're first starting out and don't know what to do. But when you have a solid financial plan in place, this anxiety turns into confidence. You can regain a sense of control over your life and improve your self-esteem. How do you build financial confidence? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. 
Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. So Molly and Issa wrap up the birthday conversation. So we see Issa now is in a workspace, right? So clearly she has gotten her own space for the blog, which which is lovely, which feels very much like that old, like the flashback when we saw, you know, her life with Nathan or Lawrence. It feels like the workspace that we saw featured in at least in some of those ways, right? Like these big windows and white walls and, you know, that kind of thing. So it felt like, oh, wow, like she really did get a piece of what she was in visioning for her life which is so exciting right, which is which is and i like that she was you know like let me get you the tour or at least what is going to be in the space so lawrence just walks into the space and i'm guessing maybe they had plans it didn't it didn't seem like she clearly she wasn't him. right like it, it didn't seem like he was just walking in like oh let me go check out Issa's new space like it definitely seemed like she was waiting for him but it, it wasn't sure like why he was there right you know so again we don't see everything but you know clearly she has invited Lawrence to check out the new space or whatever she gives him a little bit of a tour or an idea of what she wants the space to look like and they you know do some of this reflecting around like look how far you've come you went from we got y'all to I got mine, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I got my say. I do. I do be loving their brand of corny. It's cute. <laughs> it is. So it is cute. very them. It is very them. Yeah. So you know, we see. I think for the first time, this is an indication of like Issa feeling very confident in like the decision she's made, at least in her professional career, right? So she says, yeah. I realized that no one was doubting me except for me. So she has gotten to a place where she feels like, you know what, I have made the choices I feel like I wanted to make in my career and it is serving me well. And I'm open to seeing if this continues to feel like a good fit for me. And so she's talking about her career, I think, but clearly we see that this is also an opening or an analogy for the relationship between her and Lawrence. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. we see her ended by saying, I'm open to finding out. And I like that. Like, I'm okay with finding out. I was not necessarily for this relationship and I probably am still not, but that's not my relationship. That's her relationship. Fictional though it may be, it's still hers. It's not mine. So Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I like that, you know, it's like, I'm going to do what I can and I'm open to seeing whether or not we can create something with each other that feels sustainable and like we can be in it. Mm -hmm. And I also like that she talked about the fact that, you know, sometimes you get worried about looking stupid, about wasting your time. And then you realize that, yeah, it is you. It's it's you in your way. And that if you get out your way, then, you know, you have a clear vision of where you're going. I think for me, I'm just like, you know, the end of Kelly's birthday, that's the last time we see Mirabitch. Mm-hmm. And it ended with a middle finger. But <laughs> it also seems to have, at the very least, sparked her to really reflect on her life and what she said that she wanted and see all the ways that she has been getting it. To know that, okay, I've been putting off this thing with Lawrence and I'm ready to explore that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's been a lot of thinking, right? A lot of like, okay, you know, my professional life is kind of together and where I want it. Now let me explore 
what this personal thing feels like, right? Like I've done a lot of thinking about whether this is something that could work for me. I mean, clearly they've been in conversation because he shows up at the office, you know? So it, it seems like they both are in a space of actually being open to exploring one more time whether this is actually going to work, <laughs> right? And so then we do see a time marker. So they now give us a time marker that says one year later, and mm-hmm. we are at our a first wedding. time marker. Our like, first time marker. I feel like all years. season, all season, y'all ain't gave us no time markers, but now y'all want us to know it's been a year later. So we see that we are at Molly's wedding. Oh my god! So shout out Which to Cindy, gorgeous. our producer. So you know we have a, a production team group chat, and Cindy threw out this like hail mary theory last week. Like, oh, I think we're going to see Molly and Torian's wedding. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if I see that happening because I didn't think we were going to like fast forward as much as we did. But shout out to Cindy because she was right. So I'm guessing happened is that Molly got engaged for that birthday where we saw her last. Uh Uh-huh, where she was like, Torian left early and he planned. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) right. And I feel like Issa kind of knew, but she didn't give us anything. So, yeah, so I'm thinking Molly got engaged. And so a year later now, we see that she is at her wedding looking gorgeous. Shout out to Shiona, I think, is the costume designer who has kept everybody looking so incredible all season. But her wedding dress was gorgeous. Were you surprised that we saw Molly and Torian getting married? No, you weren't. I was not. Okay. No. There was something about the way that it had already been moving forward that I was just like, well, excuse me. <laughs> Growth. Like that letting go and the, the vulnerable conversation that they'd had when they was both high about like, you know, people get tired of me and how he's just like, but I'm not going to get tired of you. Mm-hmm. And just all of that stuff together. I was just like, oh, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. So I was very excited to see that for Molly. And I will also say at the same time, I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I would have been perfectly happy with the picture mm-hmm. in the background of something else to mm-hmm. say that this thing has happened. But mm-hmm. I also like that we were able to sort of see it and see what else had come to fruition. Like Tiffany was pregnant. Yes. Or at least looking like she very do soon. But I'm like, don't they restrict your travel at a certain point? So I'm right. Like, who knows what was going on it could have been twins i mean who knows at that point right (laughs) who who even knows and and lawrence was still there so lawrence was not there initially we didn't see him and i'm like oh okay are they not together anymore but then we see he had just gone to get her a drink so they played us a little bit so lawrence and Issa are clearly still together and we saw you know the tribute table to her mom which again I felt very touched by because it feels like so much of the season or the whole show really was about her mom wanting to see her walk down the aisle and oh I'm gonna be too old for grandkids and that kind of thing and so we see mom has not made it there so I thought that that was a beautiful touch that we saw the the tribute table there. I agree with you, right? So I loved Molly and Torian together. I just didn't think that we were going to get a wedding out of the finale, right? But I did see like and a little touch of honeymoon and a touch of honeymoon. But I also think that her wedding set up the perfect kind of backdrop for this conversation between Issa and Molly, right? So Mm. we see these wedding gowns are not like a one person story, right? Like, so you know, you need multiple people to try to help you get into a wedding gown. (laughs) I love the reality of your girl helping you get out of 
of this gown because you cannot do it by yourself. And so it, it feels like it was the perfect backdrop for them to have this beautiful conversation just about how their friendship has now progressed across these several years from last season where we saw it to be really rocky to this season where they have had some very real life stuff and been there for one another. And so I think the moment of her saying, like after she helps her out of the dress and they have this beautiful moment together, Molly says, like, I don't know what all life holds, but I know I'm going to be okay as long as you're here. And then Issa, as she's leaving, says, I'm going to step out and let Torian take it from here. Right. And so that I think that is, so sad I know, I right. Like, oh. Cause it is very much like help you get out of the rest of these clothes, but also like you're giving your best friend away in a lot of ways. Right. So, you know, to your earlier comments around, even though it's joyous to get partnered and, and get married and, you know, the new life you're starting with your partner, there is this sadness around like your life with your girls is not going to be the same. Right. And so even if you still are very intentional about creating time together, it's just not the same. And so I think hearing her say, I'm going to pass it over to Torian now was a reflection of that. Like, okay, I'm going to step out because I'm not necessarily like in this same role anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think about like that piece again around change and the gains and the losses and, you know, I'm reflecting on my own and how that's basically what my maid of honor and my matron of honor said. Mm-hmm. Like they were giving me over to mm-hmm. my partner and mm-hmm. and just the sadness that sort of yeah. came with that. Like, oh shit, yeah, like things are going to change. And at the very least, they still take time before you settle in and mm-hmm. you're able to find a rhythm where you're able to work all the things together. Right. So it's just like, yeah, there's a sadness and a joyousness. And I love that piece. And I like, thank you for loving me while I was me. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's something to be said about loving someone when they're allowed to be themselves instead of the version that you create or the way that you might shame them for not being who you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I love that we got to see that part. Cause I feel like some people are most themselves when they are with their friends in a way that they cannot be most themselves when they are with their family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the people that have watched you since you were a child have put all these hopes and dreams and desires onto your life a lot of times. And as a result, unable to see you fully in yes. who you are, unless you have become the thing that they wanted you to be. And I'm looking like to know that you have been loved on being yourself that's a beautiful joy. Yes. And of course, you know, the cast and crew were live tweeting. And so it sounds like one of the takes was Molly and Issa and Prentice, who is the showrunner, told Molly or Yvonne playing Molly, thank her as Issa Ray, right? Like for how she has changed your life, right? And so what we see, and this was the last shot that Yvonne and Issa shot together. So this was really them like saying goodbye to these characters, which made, I think that scene just come to life in a very real way because it was very real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sad. I'm I so know. Beautiful. So beautiful. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is again where the the waterworks have like I, I feel like I had been crying ever since her mom passed, but that didn't really stop and definitely kicked up again here. And so we see, you know, that wedding scene wrap up, and we see Issa. Do we see her in her office or just driving away? Yes, from the we office? do. She power was in the office, <laughs> right, with this gorgeous power suit. Yes, Woo! yes, and we see her on this beautiful ride 
down history of all of these places that have been meaningful to her, right? So we see her stop at the We Got Y'all. We see her drive by the Best Buy that Lawrence used to work in and somebody is in, in the parking lot with a blue Best Buy shirt with on. That blue one. Yes. We see her. Where else did she go? We saw her go by her old apartment. The old apartment. And we see Thug Yoda outside playing with his baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so she is taking us on this beautiful ride through all of this scenery that has like been the backdrop of her real life, I think, and also like the backdrop of Insecure. And so it, it felt nice to kind of like touch back on those places and like to have this reflection of all of these things that have been meaningful and how these things have shaped what my life looks like now. And so in this that final part right there. Yeah, it was that it was part gorgeous. Right there. Because I think sometimes we'd be wanting to forget the past. And mm. I'm just like, don't forget the past. You bring it forward with you. Yeah. All of those things help to make you who you are in the present moment. Right. So you can look back on it. You can remember things. Don't live in the past. You don't want to live there, but you want to be able to at the very least be like, yeah, I yeah. was there. I, take, I, I take did do you. that. Yeah. yeah. So we see the final scene. She walks into this gorgeous apartment, which is reminiscent of the dream sequence, but is not quite the dream that we saw with the big white walls that we were like, oh, we love that apartment or that townhouse, whatever it is. And we see, I saw a picture when she walks in of her and Lauren. So we see her, you know, it's kind of fuzzy and we come into clear view and it is Lawrence and Elijah in the kitchen making a birthday cake for what is now her next birthday. Mm-hmm. Just like, wow, we got birthdays on birthdays on birthdays. And I was just very happy to see that red because I was just like, well, excuse me, sis, showing <laughs> off. But like the only thing that I probably wish that we would have seen or known or something is, you know, like Condola is Jaws mom mm. and being able mm. to see that they are working to all together as a mm-hmm. functional unit. So I feel like it's implied but not said, but that's cool. Yeah, a lot was implied. Yeah. This whole, yeah, this a whole finale. Was, we needed to imply. <laughs> right, this we time travel can only it. give us so much at these birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it was very subtle, but I've watched the finale three times now, right? And <laughs> and have also, you know, been paying attention to what people said online. And so it was very subtle, but you also now see that Issa has an engagement ring on. And so we see her in a conversation with Molly, who is still on her honeymoon. And she makes a comment like, is this what I have to look forward to? And you can see her in the mirror putting on her lip gloss and you can see that she has an engagement ring on. So clearly her and Lawrence are now engaged, but we have not seen, again, we haven't seen the engagement. And in some ways it feels like, oh, like it feels like all this, this whole show has been about like whether they were going to get back together or not. And then we don't see the engagement. But I also think back to our earlier points around how that is great, but it doesn't have to be the forefront of the story, right? You know, yeah. so making Molly and Issa in the friendships more a part of this finale as opposed to like just everybody getting engaged and married, I think was a choice. And I think, you know, was good because I do feel like it's reminiscent of what they wanted us to get out of what the message of this show was. I mean, like, yes, we see Lawrence, but the end is Molly and Issa talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And Broken Pussy. <laughs> I love that they went back to that because that was clearly like one of the highlights of season one. I love that they brought that back. 
but to your earlier points too you know so we know that typically when we see Issa in a mirror mirror bitch pops up right and she didn't and so there was not that you know need to kind of do that talking to herself though of course you know we all have still like our running tally of of self-talk but we don't see that as clearly as we have before and you know your indication around like it feels like there's some clarity there now some confidence some shortness that we see because Mira bitch is not there that she is able to integrate that more into herself as opposed to needing to talk to herself in the mirror like that anymore (sighs) growth growth (laughs) Kelly meme growth Growth. yeah So beautiful. So, you know, like you, I was also like, I don't know if we need to see them back together, but you cannot deny that they have like incredible chemistry. Right. And so, you know, like you said, it's not our relationship. Right. And so even though it may not be the decision we would make or whatever, it is clearly what they chose for themselves. And really, in the end, that's all that matters is that they have made decisions that they feel like are the best for them. You can't ask for nothing more than that, right? No. You you get to try. You get to try and figure it out and see if it works. That's all we can ever want for anybody. Yeah. I mean, like, overall, this was a pretty satisfying ending. I was not disappointed. I definitely felt rushed, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure how I was feeling about that because it felt like everything was moving to such, like, this fast-forward pace. Yeah. But I think that some of that may also have been my own reluctance to see the show end. Yes. So, you know, placing some of that where it belongs on me, not them. Mm -hmm. And just being able to accept what is like insecure is done. Yeah. And I think that they did a pretty damn good job closing out. I do too. Yeah. I feel like I was expecting more loose ends and there really were none. Right. Cause usually you don't see things wrapped up as nicely. And that's what we had kind of been predicting, right. Is that this will mirror real life and that we won't know what happens to everybody. Even though we don't know the full story, we know a lot of like what is going on with their lives. Right. And so I, I think that that was an interesting choice that they made to wrap up so many other stories. Cause I did not expect that at all. Like I thought we would have been left with far more loose ends than we were but I appreciate it I I appreciate that it feels like we got a sense of closure and there isn't a lot of like guessing about what would have happened if yeah I'm like we get that and at the same time know that and life goes on because Mm -hmm. we didn't even get to finish the conversation that East was having with Molly it was just over for us our beat into their lives are done Right, right. I also think, you know, Issa is probably as much as she loves Insecure and like this has clearly been groundbreaking for her. I think she's ready to move on, right? Like that is why, you know, she made the decision to wrap it up at five seasons. You know, like there's just so much more that she wants to do. And so I think this ending also closes the door (laughs) for fans to be like, well, you know, can we get a reunion episode in five years? Though there may still be the longing for that. I do feel like the closure has happen with these characters enough to where she can also move on into her other creative pursuits and really put a bow on Insecure. Word. I'm looking like, you can't ask for five year nothing. Uh, (laughs) You got three years of information already. She gave you all kinds of flash forwards. (laughs) (laughs) Synthesize that first. But this is that point that I feel like it comes back to that piece around when you say you're finished, you're done. Mm -hmm. And that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that you get to pivot from there. And it was nice to know that Issa Rae, not just Issa 
show, mm-hmm. not just East D, but it, it's just like, you know, I am done with this thing and I am ready to move into these other things that I'm also wanting to do. Yeah. And I realized that in order to do those things in the way that I want to and to honor them, I have to let this go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to make room in my life for the next phase. Yeah. And I think that too many times we get caught up in trying to keep all the things, but some things we could let go. We can let go and we can wrap them up nicely. And, you know, and again, a lot of the commentary online has been around how a lot of our shows don't get this, right? A lot of they people, just get and cut my, off. right, myself included, am still salty about the fact that we didn't get like a girlfriend's resolution, right? You know, like I am still waiting and hoping somebody will green light Mara Braca Keel for a girlfriend's movie so that we can get the proper goodbyes of girlfriends. And so I think it is, yep. it's really beautiful that they got five seasons and, you know, I'm sure HBO would have given them as much as they wanted because the show is doing well. Right. And so they didn't have to end it at five, but they made the decision. Like this is where we feel like we'll be a good place to end. And so we're going to wrap it up here. And a lot of shows aren't afforded that. And so I just think it's cool that they even got that opportunity. It's nice that this got to end and it got to end on their own terms as opposed to, on someone else's terms yeah so this was very much on their own terms which it feels like the whole project had been so kudos to them and you know just so much love to Issa and the entire team for giving so many again so many people opportunities and there's just so much content and so you know even these episodes of the podcast right like would not be happening without the the wonder that is insecure and so you know I just am so grateful and like humble that Issa has been giving of herself and like creating this thing that I think has just given permission for other people to share their stories right and so like I want people who are listening to like not be sitting on these ideas you know because the the other thing that I think is so beautiful about Insecure is that it was just so super regular right like these were not kings and queens we were watching or super moguls or you know celebrities or you know like they were just like regular these could have been us it it was (laughs) us right which is what I I think made the show so successful is that we were able to see ourselves or our friends or our family in these characters and so you know that I think is just permission for other people to just stop sitting on your ideas and share these stories you know from YouTube to here you just never know what can happen and so I think that that it is just an invitation for people to share their gifts and their stories with the world Absolutely. And I just, yeah, like, please don't sit on it. Don't sit on it. The thing that you've been, I was like, we ready. We We ready. ready. We trying to do a recap episode. I've been asking you for this book, right? I've been asking you for a book. (laughs) The book is (laughs) coming. (laughs) The book is coming. The book is coming. Shout out. You know me. Shady as ever. I'm just like, hey, I feel like I just be waiting. I be waiting. And I feel like, you know, these things are, they're coming. And don't sit on it. Like, yeah. yes, we can worry about failing and people not coming to the thing that we, we, you know, we have or whatever that looks like. Yes, be concerned around that, but don't let that stop you. Right, right. You got to start And somewhere. don't let that stop you from telling people too. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. only going to be three of us in there. I'm like, if it's going to be three, that'd be the best small ass workshop you ever put on. You just never like, know. You never exactly. know. Exactly. I'm like, like, don't tell yourself no let other things tell you no and then Mm -hmm. figure out work out how to get the yes exactly how within reason what's the pivot gonna be yeah after you start but you gotta start you gotta start before you can pivot because there can be no pivot if you don't put anything out there amen i remember my first goal planner workshop nobody signed up Mm. it was complete crickets nobody showed up no one came i was just like well here i got all these magazines i got all this stuff and (laughs) nobody's here (laughs) but 
I could have just stopped there, but I didn't. Yeah. I love goal planning. So I just had to goal plan my goal plan and rethink the vision. Right. I love it. Like we can't be afraid to fail. Fail up. (laughs) Fail now and fail up later. And you'll just keep getting better until you stop failing, I think. Right. You got it. But you got to start again. It all it all comes back to you just starting somewhere. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you spending your weeks with me recapping. I feel like this has been so much fun. I, I am sad that we will not have this, but I feel like we will find something else. And again, you've been on the podcast to talk about other topics. So we know you won't just be here to talk about TV shows, but I feel like there may be another show at some point in the future that we can get back together to chat with. But I do appreciate you giving up your time. Shout out to all of y'all who are in our tweets and on Instagram. Uh, you know, saying we can't wait to hear what Dr. Joy and Dr. Donna are going to be talking about this week. We appreciate y'all for listening and sharing your thoughts and questions and comments with us. And you will definitely hear Dr. Oreo will on the podcast again, because, you know, we have great conversations and she has great insight. So again, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to miss this. <laughs> we have so, to say goodbye like to this It's like too. the baby end of an era. I know. It has been so much fun to do these episodes with Dr. Oreo. Be sure to visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 240 to find out more about her work or to grab a copy of her workbook or to register for the goal setting workshop she will be facilitating in January. And don't forget to text two of your girls right now and tell them to check out the episode. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the Sister Circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for Black women. If you're free on New Year's Eve, we'd love to have you join us for our self-care room where we'll come together virtually to reflect on the year, play some games, and celebrate with one another. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I'm wishing you and your family a very healthy and restorative new year and look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. I hope you have a great and wonderful day. Bye, guys. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. Bye. Hey, ladies. It's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. 
Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.